when did you know Jalen was the man? Shoot, right away. When <laughs> when hit with his confidence. Yeah. Because you know, I'm not gonna lie. You can have the, all the confidence in the world, but when you come in that, it's like when you come in that first whole team outing. Because you know, when you come in as a freshman, it's you like with your freshman class, mm-hmm. and you don't really see everybody. And then when you get to your first team out, and you're like, God damn, like, like I just remember saying, damn, that's Naja Bradham. This dude, I'm scared as hell now, you know? <laughs> so, but Jalen never had that um, type of energy. Like, he was just, he was him from the jump. And he definitely, whenever it did come to the ones or whomever, he would jump up, you know? And to see that as a young cat, you like, okay, he – he can only get better from here. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die. And go nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. The Spirit presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a wonderful Thursday. We know Nate's back because the background music, the noises, everything is back in the store. With Life us this evening, Life is back. Yeah, this is just something that everybody has been waiting for. Nate, we couldn't get rid of him. We're not going to be able to get rid of him yet. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, not, not yet. We're, yeah. We're, we're trying, but it ain't working. We're, way, we're weighing our options. We're <laughs> yeah. way, way away, man. Way away. We're, we're a ways away. But with us this evening, up at the top next to me, editor in chief Dustin Lewis. We've got Austin VZ, lead basketball writer at nogamedy.com, and then lead recruiting insider. At nailnogameday.com. Nate Greer, gentlemen, how are we doing? It feels good to be back, all four of us back. It's been a little bit. Yeah, it's a stressful evening because one hour and 52 minutes from now, Boston Celtics tip off in the NBA Finals. So I'm getting a little jittery over here, boys. I thought you were going to say because Kenny Shaw is going to be joining us, a 2013 national champion in about 10 or so minutes. I'm excited for that too, of course. Okay, making sure. Yep. Nate, how you been? We've missed you. I've been down in your area a lot, but I haven't been able to see you. You know, I've been, you know, yeah, I've been because, trying really hard to see you. I have been. Yeah, I promise. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, um, you know, that just tells me, you know, where we are on our friendship. So, you know, when you're 20 minutes away from me, but I've been really busy at work. Um, you know, I thought I was going to miss this podcast with a sudden collapse, but I was able to get it cleaned up. But, you know. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's been crazy, man. But um, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready to get back at it. You know, I'm yeah. sure this podcast has been awful. Um, when you had to listen <laughs> to Dustin as much as you've had to, I, I apologize. We actually had a that, record two you know, weeks. 
That record. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. That's I, will, I can go ahead and tell you, we, we did not. We did not. But you know, you know, now that you you're know, here, now that you're are, here, hopefully the numbers will get back jumping are, are, again. Are, are, are we setting off-season records? Or, you know? Yeah, right now. I'll tell you, it's pretty slow right now. So we've so, got some work to do. That's why, that's why we have a 2013 national champion and join us. And Kenny is set to join us in a few. I'm going to go hop on some Wi-Fi. So looking forward. He's been on here multiple times before, but he does have a big time camp coming up that we are going to talk about here in a few weeks that he's holding in Orlando. We're going to dive deep into that. And then I want to jump into a lot of, you know, his career at FSU. I want to jump into some of the secrets, maybe the, some of the things that he didn't tell us yet um, and kind of pick his brain on his time at Florida state. So uh, that'll be a really good interview here in a few, but we got a lot of quick hitters to go over. You got a Florida state running back that entered the transfer portal just a couple of hours ago. We'll talk Chris Parson. We'll talk about Julian Armella's message that he sent out to FSU fans. And we'll talk some Ontavious Woody. You got some good topics this evening. And then at, to end it off, we'll talk some John Butler deciding to stay in the in a NBA draft, which that is definitely a hot topic right now. VZ will give us the latest on that and give us his true opinion. If it feels a good or bad idea. Uh, let's jump into it right now then. As we learned earlier, Florida State running back DJ Williams uh, first off, was an Auburn running back transfer and joined the Florida State and Mike Norvell and David Johnson's camp there in the running back room. Ends up entering the portal today, and to me, this is not really too much of a shocker, in my opinion. Now you're losing maybe a hybrid kind of running back wide receiver guy with Corey Wren. Now you have DJ Williams leaving the room, but it was pretty apparent, at least in this spring, that this was a guy that was probably third, if not fourth, I would say more fourth string than anything um, after what we saw, that that room is loaded with um, Deshaun Ward. You got a guy like Trey Benson who comes out of nowhere from Oregon and looks fully healthy. Looks like he's got a chance to be a breakout breakout star for Florida State this upcoming season. Um, and then you got Lawrence Toafili there too. So you kind of got your your top three backs. DJ Williams kind of understands where he's at and he's going to try to find a new home. I think it, it might be even realistic to have him fourth or fifth behind. CJ Campbell and even uh, Rodney Hill, who, you know, he flashed more in the in the passing game, but even his opportunities running the ball were super solid. So I mean, sometimes it just doesn't doesn't work out. But he was hurt all last year, you know, out of shape at times. So I mean, I don't think it's a loss by any means, but it just opens the scholarship. Yeah, and there was some hope that he could be productive for Florida State um, after what he did at Auburn and obviously having those connections playing under Kenny Dillingham when he was uh, previously with the, the Tigers. And like you said, Nate, it just didn't, it didn't transpire. There was too much talent ahead of him, and the injuries set him back, you know, only 10 carries in the fall. And this spring, Trey Benson comes out of nowhere. C.J. Campbell starts taking reps. Rodney Hill comes in with a, a very good frame for a true freshman and, and makes some plays. So the writing was kind of on the wall there. And despite the loss of him, I think Florida State's got to feel really comfortable with what they have at mm. running back heading into the season. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if there's still a scholarship floating around if they do, that they do elevate um, C.J. Campbell to a non-scholarship player. Mm. I mean, if you – would have gotten the player that played against LSU. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he, he had a great game. You know, that's a different story, but no, it just doesn't work out sometimes. But on the flip side, you know, one transfer running back doesn't work out, and then you bring in another one in Trey Benson, who looks like he could be a, a potential key cog on that Florida State offense in the fall. So we'll mm -hmm. see how that works out. You're not going to hit them all. No. Nope. Uh, 
And I was going to say, too, you know, initially you thought that was kind of like your bowling ball guy, bigger size, bigger back in that room. But now I'm I'm sorry. You know, DJ Williams kind of lost that size. And now you've got two big boys with Trey Benson and CJ Campbell. And then Campbell, like you said, Nate, it could possibly be your fourth guy. I mean, the depth there is so great. That's one of your strongest units going into the season. But I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, Rodney Hill's there. I don't think he maybe is ahead uh, or Rodney Hill's ahead of him, but still, you know, DJ Williams is looking to transfer somewhere and, and he wants to get playing time and maybe be a back of, of a program that, you know, is getting more touches than he possibly was going to get this upcoming season. And it's definitely the, the Deshaun Ward and Trey Benson and, and Toa Philly show. And if I'm looking at goal line this past spring, Toa Philly was really, really impressive. And that's, he's put on 10 pounds and you wouldn't be able to really tell, but you know, Toa Philly looked really good in the red zone too. And that kind of hurts DJ Williams chances. Cause that was one of the, the factors that he brought and, and talent wise is playing pretty well in that red zone area. So whenever you're kind of getting passed up on the depth chart, it makes sense to maybe find uh, other places, uh, other places in the world. But I mean, he also got passed last year though, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't what, see a lot of them. Statistically, you know, was the 50 50 between Deshaun Ward and uh, Deshaun Corbin on the goal line. You know, it's either one of them. Yeah. I mean, this this room has so many playmakers anyways. This is not a major hit by any means uh, whatsoever. I mean, I kind of think of this kind of like how it was for Jordan Young in that wide receiver room. Um, you got a guy that has played at the college level for quite a bit of while, but, you know, is just not going to move up in that depth chart. So wish him, wish him definitely the best of luck and wherever he mm-hmm. intends on going. Um, that just wasn't going to work. And that running boot, running back room right now. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just real quick to end it off. I believe Nate noted in his article that Williams is the 22nd scholarship player to leave Florida State since the conclusion of the 2021 season. No, the start of. Since the start of. Yeah. So, right, right before camp. Yeah. It, it, and you know. So. And majority I mean, of those have come since you know December 1st or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just roster purge, man. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. It definitely does. So, wish him the best of luck. Chris Parson just received just a couple days ago, actually, an Elite Eleven Finals. Dustin, you were able to go up there and cover that fully. Um, and Parson looked really good. You know, kind of was. You came away a little surprised that he didn't end up uh, earning that offer right away. Earning that that really cool freaking what invite to LA, which is definitely mm-hmm. a wild, wild trip over there. But um, now he earns it just a couple uh, weeks later. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? You know, this is a talented quarterback that's currently still committed to Florida state. You know, there's always rumblings left and right. Now that Florida state offered two quarterbacks on the same day, definitely, you know, that's a conversation there to be had, but what are your thoughts on Chris Parson earning that 11 elite 11 finals invite? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's not a surprise based on what I was able to see out there that day in Nashville. You know, he had a great day, and really, it just came down to there. There was a lot of competition out there because you look at the list now. The Elite 11s invited 15 quarterbacks. Five of them um, are from that Nashville event, so really, a third of your invites so far were all competing on the same day at one regional. And I expect at least another, maybe two more guys from that regional to get invites before it's all said and done. So. Chris Parson going to have a chance to represent Florida State out in L.A. and 
it should be an exciting time for him to go up against some of the top quarterbacks in the country. You know, those kids put in a, a ton of work throughout the offseason and been with those trainers back and forth between Dallas and Atlanta, you know, so many times. I'm sure he's racked up the frequent flyer miles and he's he's ready to put on a show, especially after not getting it in Nashville. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, excited to prove himself. Absolutely. A guy that has caught some balls from definitely a really talented uh, quarterback. Kenny Shaw is in the house. Definitely appreciate always Kenny coming on here and hanging out with us with the new young and right here. The baby Shaw is uh, here with this on the camera. Kenny, how are you doing? How's the little dude doing? I'm good. I'm he. Hey, I got somebody more legendary than me and I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with him every day, man. It's a, uh, um, it's like a fulfilling thing that um, you never know until you jump in. Um, but everything good. Um, this little man pushing me to do a lot, a lot of stuff off the field. And I'm just thankful for the support, like from you guys and everybody else. And But also just for him pushing me, you know, being here. Yeah, no, we got to he actually chose, see. He chose, he chose me. They, they say the kids choose you. <laughs> yep no we we always well, we saw you too at uh the spring game which we'll talk about but you were you were in dad mode you were in dad mode leading everybody around and uh first off i want to say congratulations i'm happy for you guys thank you thank you absolutely well let's jump into you know why we wanted to bring you on in the first place and let's talk about this camp you're doing this uh, another one now this will be the second true full-on camp and you know we were there last year and thank you again for that invite you had a lot of good coaches on hand. I mean, it earned a lot of viral content everywhere. I mean, you had stars, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, even mm -hmm. Telvin Smith later on showed up too, which was just awesome to see. You had Timmy Jernigan, a lot of a lot of 2013 Knowles in attendance. But first off, you know, tell us a little bit about this camp and what some of these kids should expect in Orlando on June well, this, 12th. Yeah, well, this camp is, you know, I like to um it, first it started off as just a for uh, um, a reunion, but it turned into much more. So moving forward, I saw the bigger scope of it as, you know, these kids want to get somewhere. So they have a bunch of guys who've been where they trying to go at a one day camp and you can't get that a lot of places, which I'm feeling, I'm figuring that out um, outside of um, lacing up my cleats, getting ready for season time. Um, so these kids, you know, they just, they just, I don't ask for nothing but effort and attention because it goes a long way. You know, um, nowadays these kids, they got so much to battle against with social media and uh, the rankings. And it's a lot of stuff they battle, NILs. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they just listen to what we kind of saying to them, we, we're not trying to um, steer them the wrong way by any chance. So um, this camp is fun. Um, a couple of people on my, my team, they told me um, – last year because i was so anxious and what i do in the off time with developing receivers is more serious and gritty so this one is more fun they I, they have to constantly remind me like hey man just chill have fun and relax and float so this <laughs> this one this one i'm a i'm gonna continue and always have fun at these um one day camp type things yeah, the the show out there was awesome it was fun to it was fun to watch uh, all the people 
in attendance. It was not only, you know, FSU players. You looked at your relationship with Dak Prescott, too. And, you know, this was true on coaching that you were giving some of these young guys. And that was something really cool to see. We can't ever miss Carlos Williams. We'll never miss Los's (laughs) name on here. We can't miss him or he's going to give us a hard time. But Los, you you see that with him, too. You're bringing in some guys that can dial in on some of these some of these young kids and really give them some hard coaching. You had James Wilder Jr. too. I mean, these yeah. were these are some guys that really dial in and you know help out the coaching and the training. And I think it just fits perfectly. And like you said, it was kind of a reunion for y'all, but for that to also coincide and you know work with younger players and, and guys that dreamed to be to where y'all were at one point and still are is something that's really special. I think that you put together. No, definitely, and you know it's. It can only go up from here, you know, as far as just the level and who who will come on board because, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. this, this football world is like a, a deep fraternity, you know. And, uh, and it's it, it can be sometimes guys who I never met before, but they disrespect the mission of it. And it's 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 a connection right there. So. I just I'm just trying to show these kids, you know, there's an opportunity to get out of their circumstances, whatever that is, and just see the bigger picture of it um, around these type of guys who got different upbringings from them. They got different upbringings from myself. It's a whole different uh, scope of things. And you felt a a couple of these camps uh, since the first one in April of last year. So just what is it that makes you so passionate about wanting to get back to the youth and helping them improve their skills at a young level? Well, I mean, it started, everything starts somewhere. You know, I kind of pieced together kind of a little bit how I was brought up, you know, started at home. You know, I had a, I had a strong mother who, you know, she always um, harped that if you want it, you got to work hard for it. And, you know, um, coming off of um, potentially hanging up the cleats for good, um, that's kind of the grind that I've been in. And, I was just trying to get into a space where I'm closer to football, but not too far away, if that makes sense, you know, because that's a, that's an adjustment that a lot of ball players they they get uncomfortable talking about is when that time is is coming to an end, and you know, mine's uh, my decision is more so steered towards my baby boy. Like I don't think I can be away from six to eight months out of the year, you know, so. Um, why not tackle the youth in all aspects, whether it's mental health, you know, the health and wellness, you know, education, just this all it's so many things, factors that goes into even just making it. And, you know, I, I don't have I would feel like a like a shitty person if I didn't give back what I know or what I can provide for them through connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to whenever you're talking about these guests and these guest coaches, who do you have lined up for right now? I saw the post from early on Instagram, but uh, I got, I got what we got. More. I got some more to post, but, um, you know, I got Ike Taylor. I'm going to name the OGs. I got Ike Taylor. Um, Ooh, me and okay. me, me and P dub been in contact. It was just golfing in Tampa the other week for the booster, uh, golf thing. So he might, him and D Brooks might be on board. Ooh. I got sure Snoop men is locked in. Um, um Vince Williams, another Carlos Williams, that's what made me think about it. Um <laughs> Telvin's coming. Wow. Jameis, PJ, uh uh Terrence Brooks, uh Chris Rainey, um Lance Leggett. It's a I got a whole list. I had to give the camp guy the list because 
that's out of my area. It, it'd be too much. I, I just, I, I, I'm starting to get good with technology. So I just added a note <laughs> and, and shared it to him and he goes and do what he do with the flyers and stuff like that. So it's a, it's, it's, it's over 30 and I'm just, you know, if two, if one or two guys come, I'm, I'm happy with that. So I'm just thankful that, you know, I got the love to, um, the love from my, my either former teammates or whatever the case may be that they can come back and, you know, give a example to my city. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of, a lot of your former teammates and those that you trained with before going into the NFL and, a lot of these guys, it feels like, and we'll go back into your days at Florida State, you built a really good bond with these players. You don't see this a lot where guys are traveling, yeah. where they're training right now, getting ready for the NFL, CFL, yeah. whichever opportunity. A lot of these guys, you don't see that nowadays a ton, going and traveling definitely off of their their own you know, scheduling plans to leave what they're True. doing and come to you. What makes that, you know, what maybe, what makes it have those relationships with them? What do you think it, is about maybe Man. you and you know, there's just something about you that you know they they really like being around you. I I don't even know what to tell you. you know I'm a modest dude. I just like to think that they like me in a sense. You know, <laughs> but, um, I just you know I always care myself to just be like you know try I try and be authentic. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, if we have the same mission, we're gonna lock in or we don't. You know, and that's the that goes into the business world and that goes into on the field and you know. I, I tackle those two things when I'm, when I'm, when I am in this business world is, you know, if we same missing and we see eye to eye, then what do I have to hide? And we, we should, we should have a good connection. So, you know, um, I tell these kids all the time, like, you know, just be nice to people. You never know what's going to come out of it. You know, that teammate you bullying in middle school might be, you know, the head doctor that you need one day, you know, you never know. So, I just like to um, always think that you you should treat everybody accordingly and just try at least try and empathize. It's not the easiest thing. Like I'm still working on it, but you know it's true. Hey Kenny, you know what's up with man? It's Nate. You know, congrats on on the addition. You know, before you hopped off, we were kind of joking around being a parent's the best thing ever. Yeah. But you know, congrats on that. But um, thank you. Um, you know, kind of the carry over the you know what you just said you know we're, we're heading into summer and, and summer workouts you know it's it, it's a grind mm -hmm. and you're talking about the 2013 team um can you walk us through how those those workouts were i mean did you know then you know it was going to be a special year you know how were those workouts you know coming off 2012 when people thought that hey you know that team could have won a title too could have we should have man i don't I know, even, I know and, I, and, and i'm not even i'm not even one to jump into the mm -hmm. could and should have but damn that every time i think about that year I, I do get hunted by the nc state loss yeah but um it we 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 gradually gain each each year and um i know for, for sure after that orange bowl win um it actually started well before mm -hmm. the the summer like we we was um during voluntary workouts during the spring, we was getting together doing seven on sevens on our own. We was our our, our study hall um, attendance was up. I know that's that's a real statistic. <laughs> you know, when we lose or we come off a big loss, oh, nobody going. We up. <laughs> we'll get those ten dollars deducted. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, we were just knocking. We we're just knocking all the right. Um, 
steps towards winning and that was just more so we're just becoming young men who we were starting to understand accountability so um we grind and we didn't need the coaches to push us really to to get to where we needed to be we just needed a system and once we bought into it it was as you see it was nobody who was going coming our way what do you what do you think really do you think that was from a lot of the leaders los is always on here talking about the leadership that you guys had a lot of leaders with telvin smith lamarcus joining you had timmy jernigan too mm-hmm. do you think that was because of leadership and guys you know they were alphas too but you think yeah. that was all leader leadership and helped translate that into taking this team all the way to pasadena across the country i mean leadership can only take you so long uh because, you know, sometimes you got, uh, I like to say, you got fake leadership. It is a thing. And um, I think we just had a, a lot of guys buy in, including the training staff, including the fans, including everybody. And we just went. And um, But our main core guys, uh, who are you speaking of, we, we, um, we just, we can feel like the trust factor of the team on us when we did step out in practice or wherever it was. And, you know, when you feel that, you just have no choice but to just move accordingly. And um, I just remember a time where we had a, a, a non-coaches tell-all type meeting. And that, oh, man, that was the funniest shit. It was the funniest slash deepest slash everything that we needed at the time. It's, Everything was on the table. People was getting snitched on about bringing girls in late. People was getting <laughs> snitched on about, you know, being fake leaders. It was it, it was what we needed. And, you know, from that point on, it was just like, you know, at the end of the day, nobody perfect. But, you know, if we do want this, let's just lock in for these, you know, three, four months and, and see what happens. So I wanted to ask you about the uh, quarterback situation because mm-hmm. – Going into that year, you know, Jameis wasn't guaranteed to start. There was a competition between him and Jacob Coker. And from all reports, you know, it was a very close competition. But from your yeah. viewpoint, how did you see that competition go through throughout fall camp? And, you know, just what do you think about that and Jameis eventually being named the starter? Was it was it bogus bullshit is what we're asking. Was it bogus bullshit about it being a close race? Pretty like much. Jimbo no, was no, saying – I mean, I mean, the guy, he, he got some arm and he gets it done. Jacob Coker, he got a, a pretty um, good resume. And, you know, it it was uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I know for sure as a group, as, as a group of receivers, we was told we're going to be flopping with both. So when you're out there, both of them are number ones, you know, so we just was just giving them our best so they can show their best. So. You know, at the end of the day, when we had to vote, it did come down to vote. It was um, we just chose it based off, based off, you know, just everything all all in total. And you know, nothing against Jacob because that's my dude. But it was just um, everything happened like it did for a reason. And you know, that's 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 how it how it went. And you know, if you do look back on it, we are 2013 national champions at the end of the day. Yeah, so that, was, sure. so that was a real, so that was a true on vote thing between the players, maybe. Yeah, players, seniors, more so, and you know, um, it wasn't a thing where it was like he didn't know that it was being voted on or whatnot. It was, 
it was one of those things where he's he's full aware of you know the decision that was going to be made because you know that's not how our coaches have operated at that time. They was they was more upfront. I don't know how they are now, but you know they're they was very blunt, and that's something that I always said that I'm a always once I did get into coaching in my life that I will always kind of keep under my belt, you know? Yeah. I, I had a follow-up question to that, you know, um, you know, I, I was super close to a coach at that time who told me kind of, you know, you know, Coker was really good in practice. You know, Jameis would sometimes slack off and not take it seriously in that, you know, Jimbo would u- kind of utilize that to motivate Jameis. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it was more so, you know, Jacob was a good quarterback and FSU could have still won with him, but it was more motivation for, for Jameis. Um, so you, you think it was, it, it was a real, it, it was a real contest and, and not, not a ploy by Fisher to keep Jameis dialed in? You know, I don't fully know what goes on in the office sometimes it's like we we know things but we don't know the full t of it so mm-hmm. I, I i personally feel that it was it was a damn good competition and mm-hmm. the best man at the end of the day got the job and you know best man doesn't always come with just the best throws or the best right versions sometimes the best man is who can gather up that tribe and go you know it's a different energy and um you know I I just remember the kid from the NC State game. He was so fired up, and he was only a red shirt. And I I kind of knew he was gonna be a special one, you know. I saw saw on the sidelines when Jameis was always <laughs> always gonna be it would be talkative and always be try to try to be a leader. And I'm sure that's something that y'all saw, you know, heading into that 2013 that summer. It was funny that you say that y'all y'all felt like something was special because that's something Los. Los felt like too. Um, heading to some of those workouts, you know, you had some guys holding each other accountable, and that's something that Florida State has lacked in for a little while. You know, Norvell is trying to make some change here. Speaking of Norvell, you just were in Tallahassee and visited visited with your family and got to see. I think you got to see Mike Norvell, correct? Yeah, I saw him in Tampa too. Um, Tampa a couple of weeks ago for the golf event. How's that? How's that gone? And getting to know him a little bit, um, you know, he's trying to change the culture and everything, and try to get things back on track. How's your conversations been with him? I mean, conversations are, you know, they, they're what it is, and you know, he um, very passionate about the um, about what he does. That's no question. Uh, I think he's more at ease a little bit with, and you can hear it throughout our talks and even what he says to the. Um, to the, maybe the board members or the boosters and it's it's players coaching players and once you do have that you're i'm not saying you're going to have an undefeated national championship year but you're going to have a little bit better of a year than you did last year and um mm-hmm. you know you can you can put a lot on coaches at the end of the day and being a coach slash mentor um is very important and it's very um pivotal for uh player development but at the end of the day you put your pads on you do everything that that other individual across from you does and at the end of the day it just comes with who got the biggest balls <laughs> not, I, 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 I think you know it's a good point kenny that 
why FSU feels a little bit better this year because there is a lot more of that mm-hmm. over the you know the previous few years that we've had. But you hear from even Joe Burrow talked about it, even the old heads talk about it. You know, it, it's the teams that hold each other accountable that always excel, and True. FSU hasn't had that, and, and and that's just what it is. They haven't had that leadership, but it seems like that th- this team has kind of persevere through the bullshit and mm-hmm. you know have, have come together a little bit. Who yeah, I'm, 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 I'm anxious I'm, to see. Mm-hmm. I'm old school though, so I'm like, hey, I can see it, I can hear about it, but I'm just waiting mm-hmm. on game one at the end of the day. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think us us all we we waiting on just game one just to see yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. Who who did you during practices? Who did you Feel like gave you the best competition. On oh, Marcus Garner, hands on, because I was in the slot, mm-hmm. and he was more of that nickelback. So, I think that my development, oh, mm-hmm. just because I just remember he got his position changed that um that that spring, and um because if you think about the Marcus came in the corner, mm-hmm. and um I even had my position changed from you know I was doing a little bit of X. Just flipping, but I was full time slot at this point, and um, just getting that full time job. Me and him was battling, and it was it's really iron sharp iron, and that's that was the true mm-hmm. definition of it for me, more so because I wasn't seeing nobody better than that that whole year. Is it, is and, it and, true? And no, no offense to anybody who guarded me that year, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what it is. Is it is it true, Timmy Jernigan, or not Timmy? What Telvin Smith was, uh, I would say, nicely just holding the walk-ons accountable. Was he over there bullying them? No, man. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> Los. Man, Los. <laughs> no, there was no bullying going on. But we definitely, um, you know, sometimes you get that heat. Sometimes get the best of you. I'm not gonna lie. That talent. Yeah. Hey, and, and if you tired as hell, and the walk-on might do something, just. You you like you do get out of character, so it's <laughs> but but you get out of character with going against the ones and um no I walk on man that's why I I still stay in contact with them like we we still chop it up some of them agents now and I deal with them um shoot yep. they I I walk ons were cool as hell and you know they was a big factor on why we was winning too because mm-hmm. some of some of their ass was going hard we. Was, I, I just remember someone I was like, hey, chill, like man, I'm at a long day of school, uh, lunch and outside now I'm in practice, like chill out a little bit. But they <laughs> what we needed. <laughs> it was. I, I, I got a question about you know that that, that team. Um, you know, it, it was it was you Rashad, Kelvin, and then you know, Christian Green played, you know, the primary backup. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I've always wanted to ask, you know, I, I felt that having that rotation being so small helped the offense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you think that same way or, you know, how, how do you look at that? You know, that Definitely. whole. So, so you guys watch basketball, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big, I'm big on basketball. I grew up with Kobe in, so that should tell you something like if mm-hmm. So, um, you see those guys when they, when they take some time off or they get in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. They shoot a percentage and groove get down, and it's it's like that for a reason. Um, football, if you're like getting benched, 
uh, in and out. You don't know when you're going to play. Your confidence is low, number one. And number two, you just – you once you feel like you have the green light, then the sky's the limit. Like, you, your confidence is through the roof. So, with a small rotation, you kind of knew and you kind of had um, a bigger accountability for yourself in a, in a sense to mm-hmm. be like it's – not, it's not really on nobody but me. And um, – Definitely easier to learn the plays when you're not getting rotated. You, you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was a complex offense. Now, I, I think it made the offense better. It's one yeah. of the reasons why it's one of the best in the history of college football is because you know, you, you, the the timing was down. The you know the the, the mental yeah. part was there. I mean, a lot of it went into it, and I think that's one reason why you guys bonded so well with Jameis is that you guys had it all. Yeah, it was a it was, Down it, was to a a it was a close knit brotherhood, and that was that was um, that was one of the things that you know I get to talk to every day. Oh, how, you think y'all the best? You think y'all top five? Hell yeah, I do because Hell you know yeah. what we the bond that we had on and off the field. Nobody was gonna beat us. Nobody was gonna stop us. If you try and double this guy, we got two more, three more maybe. And this not talking alone. We're not even talking about our backfield either. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even mention O'Leary. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like pick your poison. Goes to show you how much having a really good tight end like O'Leary was. You know, oh, man, in the last couple of years nice. hasn't had that. But that just opens up even more of a lethal threat. Um, was, I mean, O'Leary was, was nasty. Hey, no was, gloves. He was ox strong. That, that's why. <laughs> hey. He was at the camp too. He was at the camp last year too. It was yeah. great to see him. You know. hey, what, what was your reaction when he got hit by that bus and, and got up and walked away? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like I said, I don't see this guy wrestling anacondas. I'm not even surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised with anything that comes with no gloves or leery. Hey, you, you don't have to answer it. Is it true he was you know, bringing the ruckus a little bit as, as a freshman in the clubs? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No comment. I don't think was, I don't think we was close until that senior year. Like um yeah. we had a we had a um seat change, like everybody was scrambled and we mixed up the uh uh more so the clicks and everything in the um in the team room and which was a good that was a good move. And um yeah. my seatmates were O'Leary, no it was Sean McGuire, O'Leary sitting next to me. And to the left of me was Dumar, so it, <laughs> so it was a it was a pretty good uh, mixture. And throughout that time, which is crazy, just sitting next to him, like our 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 uh, our bond just continued. Like, hey, what you doing after this? Oh, what you doing tonight? And it started. And then now it's like, hey, um, when are we gonna get the babies together? Because he just had a baby. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I'm, I'm asking another one. Sorry. Yeah, well, um, yeah. when did you know Jalen was the man? Shoot, right away when yeah. when hit with his confidence. Yeah, because you know I'm not gonna lie. You can have the all the confidence in the world, but when you come in that, it's like when you come in that first whole team outing. Because you know when you come in as a freshman, it's you like with your freshman class, mm-hmm. and you don't really see everybody. And then when you get to your first team out, and you're like, God damn, like, like I just remember saying, damn, that's Naja Bradham. This dude, I'm scared as hell now, you know? <laughs> so, but Jalen never had that um, 
type of energy. Like he was just, he was him from the jump. And he definitely, whenever it did come to the ones or whomever, he would jump up, you know. And to see that as a young cat, you like, okay, he he can only get better from here. Mm-hmm. Going back to Jameis, he just come. He's just coming off of a really, really bad injury there that ended his season yes. uh, last year, playing against Tampa. Who you know, I, I thought that was a game that he was definitely going to come away and, and win. Mm-hmm. What do you? How do you think his his kind of mentality is? And you got to see that at FSU, and you know, now he's coming back, and it seems like the Saints are buying all in on him, putting a lot of targets around him. Finally. What do, you, what do you think it is about his mindset? And you have a really good bond with him. He was at the camp last year, and he was really excited to see you, got to see KB. What, what do you think is special about him that brings a whole team together, that gets their attention like that? What is Man, it? It's like a special ability. It's just, um, you know, when you see a guy, and like I said, this is sometimes this stuff happens off the field. A lot of times outside of with fans and everybody's kids, like, damn, this guy can battle this and perform. Uh, he's, a, he's a dude, you know. And just seeing Jameis over the years, you know, what he battled, where he came from, everybody was able to learn everybody's background. And so you quickly see that that dude is a re- he's a resilient. And like, he, he, um, he's, not, he's never going to tell you that, that he's – never gonna tell you that he can't do anything and you don't get that much from anybody and um you see how he walk man the man you see how he talk you he got confidence out this world and um that's just always been him they call him uncle uncle jay because he moves like a an old confident <laughs> and, and he always been that way but um I just knew um, when he went down, you know, I, I waited for all the texts and calls to die down and then shot him, shot him what I shot him um, message wise. And, um, you know, how he responded was, you know, you know, once I think once somebody's gets in the time with it, whenever it is, when they down or whatever, and they know they have support, it makes it more better to come out of it than just feeling completely alone and don't have anybody. So he, he he got some good support background and um I just know that he knows what he potentially could have done last year. So he's on a, a vengeance right now. How how confident were you in that last drive in Pasadena you know, with, with Jameis? And what did he tell you guys and the huddle before heading out there on the field? Man, this dude calmly was just like, Hey, we do this every week on Thursday, which we did. We do our two minute our two-minute runs with situations. We, we, Jimbo had situations out there. And I, I, just remember, <laughs> I just remember what we added before that game was the field goal uh, return kick uh, prevention, whatever, because of what Auburn did to Alabama. But other than that, man, we worked that thing every Thursday, and we worked it to perfection. So if we if – we, Look who we going. We're going against Pruitt. So if we, if we're winning these two minute drives consistently against Pruitt defense, oh, who's going to stop us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that seemed like y'all had a lot of confidence on that on that and, offense and overall. It, and, it, and it was also all our two minute things were also not scripted. So defensive coaches didn't know what we were doing. Offense coaches didn't know what defense was doing. So it was. 
put your best work out and let's let's see what happens. And you know, it was we we will always complain because we'll be like, man, damn, Jimbo, man, we eleven and oh, why we still practicing full <laughs> doing two minutes, but you know, it 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 has a reasoning at the end of the day. And as you've seen with that drive, you you probably I don't think anybody was had a lick of sweat on their forehead, you know. Like, <laughs> it was weird. It was weird that whole season. You just kind of knew Jameis was going to navigate that because yeah. that's what he was doing all season. But that that you're right. I mean, I think FSU fans at halftime were a little nervous because that's just something they weren't used to seeing all season. But when it came to that last drive and, you know, the ball was given to Jameis and y'all's offense, which was putting up crazy amount of points all season, there was just some feeling where that or maybe you felt the most relaxed all night long, which is crazy yeah. to say. You just don't feel that much anymore in sports alone, definitely in college football and definitely yeah. not in Tallahassee right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and then we always just telling each other, like, man, we ain't come this far for nothing. You know, that's – and I, I feel – at the end of the day, you know, you feel for those teams who go, you know, 13 and no, then they lose. It's like, damn, man, we worked, mm-hmm. we did all this for what? And nobody likes second place, but you know, that's how that's how the cards were dealt. And I, I want to take it back. Uh, how was Jimbo? You know, when I was, I was asking about how was Jameis, now, yeah. how was Jimbo going that drive? You know, man, you know, he, he can be a spaz. You know? Jimbo, that whole game, even halftime, was the calmest he ever was. Like, this dude was probably more turned up for the Nevada game cussing us out than he was <laughs> when we was getting our ass kicked at halftime. Like, and I think we needed to see the flip. And I tell coaches when I when I do um little talks and clinics and stuff like that, and it sounds weird because I'm younger than a lot of coaches, is that, you know, um, you can't treat every kid the same. Sometimes you got to flip it up. Mm-hmm. You got to like really see what works for that kid. And at the time, him coming in being Jimbo wouldn't have worked. We'd have, we'd have probably we'd have probably uh, folded even more. And you know, he came in calm and said, "Just adjustments. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna change some calls up, signals. Hey, offense, come over here. Defense, come over here." And everybody was just like, "Okay." If we don't li- listen to anything all year, we're gonna lock in for these these next two hours and get the job mm-hmm. done. And um, we came out a different team, definitely physically and mentally. And um, yeah, he was calm as shit, and it threw us off because we're like, you know, you, be, you know, when you're a little kid, you be waiting, you you know, you're in trouble, you just waiting on <laughs> to get scorned, and you're like, man, damn, here he come, and he come in calm and dapping up everybody. We like this. We like to like, oh, okay, like <laughs> that's that yeah. feel right, yeah. And, 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 and do you think that was because he knew that, um, they're stealing signals? Could be, could be, and you know, um, that, um, coming out, coming outside of the game and years down the line, it was like, damn, I guess I, we kind of need a 30 for 30 yeah. just to get the truth of the matter. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, the game changed when those towels went up. Right mm-hmm. around, true. Yeah, and you so, know that's uh, all I'm saying. Yeah, outside well, we, of all that, like we, yeah, we even with if Jimbo would came in and, and and scolded us, we still had calm, cool, cool and collected Coach Dawsey. So he mm-hmm. always was our like safe haven. Like, yeah, 
like he really protected us. Like it was to the point sometimes he would be cussing out Jimbo for us, you know, like don't be calling <laughs> my boys, you know. And we used to be behind him, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. how, how, how mad were you didn't get a thousand that year? Uh, I wasn't too mad because, you know, at the end of the day, I remember doing a, a media uh, thing afterwards and mm-hmm. a guy asked me that. He was like, you know, you was this short of a thousand. And I was like, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know, man. I got the ring, though. And uh, <laughs> yeah. another uh. reporter was like, but you did have 1,300 all-purpose. And I was like, damn, I can feel all 1,300 all-purpose. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and yeah. it's like those Debo Samuel, Samuels. It's like that shit gets real, like, taxing on the body at the end of the year. And, you know, I've never been, like, a numbers guy. I always kind of – um Mm-hmm. You, feel, you feel when you're in the groove and obviously mm-hmm. each year it's like you look at your numbers you're like okay i definitely feel more confident this year and you see the progression and that's all you kind of want in your game you never want to be i never like to step on anybody toes like oh i'm the best they ever do and this and that and because you got guys who do that i just i just like to play and and um work with my team and you know at the end of the day hopefully with that coming together we just all we just all get 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 the, get the big ring and we did it and i did i didn't know i was that close to a thousand as a matter of fact until um we went to hooters the night before it was who i think it was thursday or friday and they had just like the big three no they had the big three plus o'leary and our numbers were looking very good i'm like damn we kind of balling you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think y'all are balling pretty well I you did all right wait wait what do you what do you think here um what 2018 what was that yeah 2018 or 19 what was that lsu team was that 18 2019 20 yeah the 2019 lsu team versus yep. 2013 fsu team How, who, who you got on this i think i know the answer but Shoot, hey I like us by a lot, actually. You know, we had the overall – we had an overall, like, our team had defense, offense, special teams. Mm-hmm. We had it all. It wasn't just an explosive offense. We had we had some first-rounders on defense. We had a front seven that was crazier than – our offensive line was them, – them goddamn fat boys were so crazy <laughs> and didn't care about nothing except driving your ass back, which you don't get often. Um with the big boys sometimes you're like damn you big as hell and this soft like and then you got our the d lineman man like come on man you who who was gonna get the ball off yeah, so, yeah i i think everyone's so caught up on you know burrow and jamar oh, chase and and you know yeah but you know you made a good point that defense i think people sleep on that defense um, that defense was filthy and our special teams like our numbers on special teams were were top they was top tier like we was ranked in the top 10 in in certain categories and it it wasn't by coincidence it was just we was very much locked in on all three phases which that was the first thing we was trying to harp on us before the summer even came about it was we have to be good in all three phases i i, I think it very much be like the Clemson game yeah i mean you know everyone Hyping up their offense with with Taj oh, Boyd man. and Sammy Watkins and Martavis Bryant. I've never know. seen a game being shown that much. Like I was, and you know that that we 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 wasn't even nervous. We we saw we we saw it flashing on TVs. I remember just going to Hobbit Hogies, Hobbit Hogies, and 
as weird as this sounds, you have a lot of fans in FSU. I mean, fans in Tallahassee who aren't FSU fans. And, you know, you get shit talked to you. Like, how do you live in this city if you don't like FSU? But it's a thing. And I just remember that week, like, we were supposed to get an ass whooping. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, vice versa. Yeah. Oh, that one last thing, um, at least from me, I wanted to ask about NIL and you know the impact it's starting to have on college football. But going back to your time, man, you had the 300 rolling. You could see fans everywhere around mm-hmm. Doak wearing the shirts. It was famous for a picture and everything. Can you imagine a, hey, if you had that opportunity died, then? Hey, man, hey, we would have been rocking Dion chains if we had the NIL <laughs> deal back in the day. But you know what? That would have um, – it would have probably ruined us. We probably we probably would have been as blue collar as we was, you know, in a sense, um, because that's that's a, that's a scary game changer. And you know, um, if you're able to monitor it, that's cool. But if you're giving the whole twenty-two guys that, it's it's a it's a professional sport at this at this at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now it's made it. It's made it rough, and now mm-hmm. it's getting political, and money money's now a big thing. I do, I do agree with you though, Kenny. Back if that that kind of you know would have ruined maybe y'all. I don't know. Y'all had just a special bond, and, and when yeah. money's involved in all that kind of stuff, it makes things iffy. Y'all are just destined on one goal, and that was just winning every Saturday, and not just winning, but winning by a lot. You know, dominating. True. You know, being being mean, being bullies. I mean, yeah, it just wasn't fair. Run it up. Who who gives a damn? If and you know what? You, you see the other side of it. It's like, you know, you pay those kids, you know, for for what the universities bring in, you know, they they deserve a look more than the cut of, you know, at least what we was getting back then, you know. Mm-hmm. And um that's the name of the game now. It's it's a little bit of recruiting and the NIL thing. And um I just, you know, I just pray sometimes that um, the kids just get somebody around them that who able to manage it and let it put them in the right place and keep them keep them a little humble, you know, because you know millions and thousands of dollars as a teenager or whatnot. It's your focus ain't really on football uh, at the end of the day, but sometimes you know it can be um, a positive thing to get that person out of their situation. So. It's a it's a whole different talk. That's a whole NILs is a whole different talk in mm. my thing. How many? Sure. How much, I was going to ask how. There's someone in the comments here, Mendoza on YouTube, asking uh, Kenny about Hangman. Who, who was uh, the most undefeated <laughs> and who won the most Hangmans on the sideline on the man, whiteboard? I saw, listen, I saw that shit the next day. I said, "Man, y'all playing Hangman?" You know. Uh, <laughs> Jimbo Jimbo didn't have no social media, but he knew every goddamn thing that happened on social media. <laughs> and when I saw that, I think it was Brooks and I don't know who else. But, you know, when I saw the hangman, I said, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you are bored on that sideline. When you get when you get taken out at halftime, you it's like a little kid being sat down and watching kids play at the playground. You just like <laughs> bored and, and now you so insubordinate. You'll do any goddamn thing just to entertain yourself and <laughs> that hangman wasn't the funniest thing we done did just sitting out at the half but you know it's that that's just how the year was going we was it was pj <laughs> yeah, PJ yeah, and Brooks. <laughs> yeah who's that 
the far right looking over. I can't tell. Is that 63? I don't know who that is. Kind of looks like a little bit, but I can't tell. But look Jaylen, at the train. That might be train. The goddamn train is trying to guess it, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey. that, that was some hilarious shit right there. I mean that that's 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 just disrespectful, and I like it. I mean, y'all were dominant, man. I mean, it wasn't yeah. even close, but that was some funny stuff going on there. I know Los was already telling me at halftime that y'all were trying to figure out, uh, already making plans at halftime on what the night was going to look like ahead. Oh, definitely. That's hey, that's but that's that's what we look forward to. You know, that's that's our bonding time. It's like, damn, man, we don't grind it all week. Study hall class, you know tutoring you know uh dining at because we we had to report to to eat every for breakfast and dinner which is it was hard as hell you know definitely in the city like tallahassee when you 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 like to make plans outside of what you got to do and just um it was it was just a lot but it was also man it's good memories yeah it's so much memories in that damn city i don't even I can go on a tangent. <laughs> you know, recruiting wise, you know, it was, it was kind of FSU for a while. You know, yeah. I don't know if you remember, you and I communicated a little bit when you were getting recruited. What you did know, I say? I, what did I say? You know, um, yeah, Florida State. Yeah. You know, somebody, I, somebody, I, I, I was ahead. golfing, I was golfing in Lake Nona with um, uh, a group called Lift Orlando and, um, one of the guys who on my, on on the scramble with me um, was an old reporter, and he pulled up a article with me and Christian Jones on the front, <laughs> and, and he was a um, reporter for it. And I said, "Damn, you remember that shit?" And the things people remember. That's why I'm asking, yeah. like, what the hell yeah. did I say? You know? Yeah, I, I remember talking to you at Sling and Shoot um, at USF. Oh, you know, it's just going back that far, you know. But you know. Who did it come down to? I don't think anyone's ever asked you. Shit, hey, you it's all, hey, yeah, I'm old enough now. It was nobody else. Like my mom forced me to take visits. Yes. Yeah. Which I what which I understand. She wanted me to see other programs and also just the get a free travel, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, but it was nobody gonna come between the bond that I had and just um you know, Coach Dossie was a big part of my decision making process when it came down to choosing Florida State. Mm -hmm. And and because you, you get a lot of swindling when it comes to that recruiting thing. Yeah, man. And I yeah. you know, I I don't like to go on I don't like to put names out, but it's like, you know, certain coaches they was promising me like, Hey, I'm gonna be there till two thousand twenty three and whatnot and <laughs> left they left in twenty eleven. So it's like <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, oh, good old Urban Meyer. That it, it it's shitty in a sense, but it's it's also it's like you it's a name it's it's a part of the game and it's a part of what goes on. So you just try and empathize, but you also be like, man, I'm glad I went with my judgment because yeah, I, I who knows I'll probably it wasn't even no transfer portal type thing back then. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I even asked you one at one point, you know, why why are you waiting, you know. <laughs> It it, it it was pretty. It, I mean, it's it pretty obvious, you know. You go back to like Lonnie Pryor, who mm -hmm. it, it was always obvious where he was going. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, sometimes it's just you gotta wait for the moment, right? Yeah, I mean, and 
Shit, I kind of wanted to wait till the Under Armour game too, just to put mm. some glitz and glam on it, you know, because I I did want the world to know that I was choosing Florida State. So leave me the hell alone and stop asking me. <laughs> stop asking my parents this and that and just I'm garnering gold. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, I know you got the little man too. It's dinner time and you've been on here for 45 minutes. So I definitely always appreciate you hopping on, Kenny. Where can all the people here watching and listening, definitely from the Orlando area or even around Florida, definitely mm-hmm. I would highly suggest going. We were able to be there throughout it all last year and it turned out to be a phenomenal event. Where Frank can they sunscreen. go to find yeah, bring sunscreen? Absolutely. It was a little hot. Dustin oh, got burned. Yeah. Dustin got burned to death. Bring Rookie sunscreen mistake. in your tents, you know. <laughs> yeah, but where can they find more information on uh the event that's happening on that uh, June twelfth with the camp? Oh, it's on my website, shawsraw.com. Just simple as that, shawisraw.com. Okay. And also my Instagram, uh kshaw81, simple again. And uh yeah, just those two locations is where all the info is and june 12th like you say it's gonna be hot so bring sunscreen who got burnt this we both man, got burnt i got i got burned but dustin got burned burn i forgot i have ears <laughs> <laughs> i'll just say that uh, no doubt that, that that was awesome and definitely you know guys like Telvin smith timmy jernigan who you know i i've not seen those guys in a long time Having those guys come out, just I think it just goes to show the relationship you have with them, and mm-hmm. you know, they really love you guys. And it was awesome to see Telvin do do that locker room chant that he did um, back in his day at FSU and brought it back and ended up going viral on every social media page. It was just turned out to be a great reunion and, and turned out to be an even better event for these young guys to be around some truly, really gifted, talented football players and now mm-hmm. of course so. Congratulations on now another another year, second year, man. Thank you, thank you. Y'all lock into it, you know. Absolutely, man. Y'all ha- have a good one. Uh, say hey to little man for us, and say hey to the grandparents too. All right, thank y'all. Y'all have a good night. Absolutely, thank Appreciate you, Appreciate it, Kenny. Yep. Kenny's always a great interview. Love having him on. Um, and so, if you guys want some more details, we'll put the link in the YouTube description for Kenny's camp that's coming up on June twelfth. You need to get those travel plans set up, Logan. Goodness gracious. Now hearing all these names, man, I got I got to go see Vince. There's Ike Taylor. I, I've got to figure out some kind of game plan for that. But, Nate, you're in the area, so. Yeah, Orlando. June 12th. Yep. Yeah, nah. What That's happened? A, it's a Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. Tough. Well, maybe, maybe if I can travel some more and more, then. I'll, I'll be able to go down there, but it was a great event last year. Let's go through a couple more of these quick hitters before VZ can lay it down on if John Butler made a wrong decision or not. Julian Armella, Florida State, an offensive lineman, highly touted offensive lineman coming in down from the Miami area, put out a message to Florida State fans a couple of days ago before officially arriving in Tallahassee. He starts it off by saying, Dear FSU fans, football and coaches, There are a couple of things I would like to get off my chest. We are going to change the culture and become victorious in the upcoming years. As a student, athlete, all of you have my word that I will raise the standard and give it all I got. Some things you're getting from me is a motherfucking dog, a teammate, family member, someone who doesn't stop grinding until the job is finished. And finally, I'm extremely excited and blessed to be a part of your family. 
Can't wait to start the chapter with y'all. Sincerely, Big Jew. thought that was a pretty strong message. You don't really see that a lot from incoming freshmen, really, you know, almost ever, really. I mean, we haven't seen that. Something of this caliber. And I talked about it, too, whenever he ended up picking Florida State. I think you're seeing an alpha guy, but but a team, the team player. And I like it. That offensive line needs an alpha in there. They haven't had one of those in a good long while. I, I think FSU fans really did like this message. And he's coming in to compete. You know, he wants to get playing time. You know, not expected to emerge as being any kind of a starter this upcoming year. But just to have that mentality attitude is something I think Florida State fans like to see and haven't seen in a while, maybe. From a from a true freshman coming in. Yeah, I think it's big. You know, it, it just shows the the mindset. You know, it, it's nice to have a legacy recruit coming in. It's nice to have a legacy recruit coming in that has uh the right attitude um when they're arriving on campus. And by all accounts, Julian Armella's been putting in a lot of time over the last couple of months since he signed with Florida State. He, he's coming into Tallahassee in great shape and you know along with him um some other early enrollee or not early enrollees the rest of the 2022 class has begun to enroll um for the most part Jarrell Powers and Kashawn Sapp are already in sounds like Armella is finishing things up this week and Jalen Early should have been arriving either today or tomorrow I believe and you know we'll talk about Antavius Woody here in a second but it's just it's huge to have a guy coming in with that mindset for sure because you know we've already seen what Norvell is doing in the locker room flipping the culture so just having more guys that are already already have that mindset and are on board with what the coaching staff is trying to do is, is pretty big. Can't wait. I mean, I, I think we're all just waiting for you know for the tidy change, and you know it's important to get guys who are. You know, as Kenny talked about, you know, self-motivated, going to hold themselves accountable. So it's good hearing that you have a kid, don't care if he's a freshman or not, you know, wants to come in and, you know, be a, be a winner. You know, he played for a winning program in St. Thomas, um, mm-hmm. not used to really losing. And, and it, it, you know, it's a different mentality. And you're not saying that the kids that have come in over the last few years are losers. I'm not saying that at all, but, you know, the, the injection of of, uh, of the desire to, to win is exciting for, for me. Like you said, Dustin, it's a legacy. A guy who's been around FSU, his dad played at Florida State, and I've been a lifelong fan, you know, seen the highs and lows. So, you know, it's exciting, you know, for a kid that has, you know, his caliber of play, you know, a guy who just plays mean. And, you know, you, you said it you know, an MF dog, you know, his motherfucking dog. And mm-hmm. no, he, he wants, he wants to hurt you. And I'm excited for that. You know, it's my type of football player. Uh, exactly. I'm about to say, and I will talk about Antavius Woody, which me and Nate are really excited for. And some, you know, seems like we got some good news coming, but I go to Julian Armellon, the amount of offers he got, you know, he had a lot of chances at some top tier programs that are in a mm-hmm. way better state. Whole 180 than Florida state, Alabama. You looked at LSU too. Cause that was really close there. I'm still convinced he, he was LSU bound if they didn't make that change. Felt like some, yeah. No, it seemed like, you know, if Coach O was staying there, it felt like Armella was heading that direction. But he decides to pick Florida State, has multiple offers Ohio State, Oklahoma. You've got Texas AM, Tennessee. 
ends up picking Florida State. And I like where in the statement says, you know, he, he's here. You know, things might not be right off the bat, but the culture is going to change. And that's mm-hmm. because he is believing and Mike Norvell's um, process and getting things fixed around in Tallahassee. And, so. uh, I, I agree. He was probably going to be heading to LSU, but then you also see him post a picture of him in Dope South. Um, you know, dressed to the nines in, in FSU gear, you know? <laughs> well, he's got a legacy to live up to. And, I mean, you know, yeah. you, you look at what his – the teams that his dad played on um, when he was in ta- – his his career in Tallahassee from 91 to 94, I believe. You know, his, his dad has a national championship ring. And Julian's coming into a little bit of a different situation. But, you know, mm-hmm. if, if this thing can, can keep flipping and everything goes as planned – you know, who knows? Maybe Florida State's right there at, at the end of his career in uh, mm-hmm. Tallahassee. Hey, William, I think that the stock market's taking care of that. Um, <laughs> you know, the Miami. guy's lost, what, $26 billion over the last 72 hours. So Sounds like the IRS is going to take care of that soon, too. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, Miami might be in a bad spot there. Life wallet is officially dead wallet. Mm-hmm. Dead wallet, yeah. No, yikesy, yikesy. I mean, but but I mean, wasn't a fan of that one, really. Dustin wasn't a fan. It was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> no, Sorry, bro. Uh, you know, for you know, dead, I'll, I'll, dead I'll, wallet gang. I, I think Armel is a little bit of a case study in terms of like, you know, you look at him versus you know Marvin Jones Jr. You know, FSU, went, you know, fit you know fifty percent hit one, miss one. Um, you know, this sucks, but, you know, I, it, I, it's interesting to hear or, or I'd love to hear what was the difference in what Armella saw versus what Jones saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my own, you know, notions of, of what led to Jones going to Georgia, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it was a really strong message from Armella and looking mm-hmm. forward to, and I know coach Atkins too. I mean, look at the stable. Now we'll talk about Antavius Woody real quick, you know, puts out a message put him on defense, man, put him on defense. Well, first let's get him on campus first. Yep. And it seems like there's some good rumblings about Julian or not Julian, but Antavius Woody arriving in Tallahassee, you know, it's been the question marks for Destin Hill and Woody alone, but it seems mm-hmm. like, uh, some good things had in the direction Woody put on his Instagram on his uh, story saying June 20th uh, enrollment date and has a countdown for that. That so, puts him around the same time that summer C, summer C semester mm-hmm. would begin. You know, there was a lot of question marks about what kind of signing did he even sign during um, early signing day, what was going on there. But it seems like Florida State might be getting one of their highly, one of their highly most talented guys in that class on campus, which was a big question mark a couple months ago. I think he, you know, is probably the best interior lineman, maybe the best overall lineman. But, you know, if he's 6'2", okay? If he was 6'4", um, he, he he would be, I think, a top 75 kid. Um, you know, he cut his film on. He's impressive. Um, you know, I, I, I like that. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I liked him on defense for a minute, man. So, you know, oh, man. He, you know, he reminds me of, of Jernigan. You know, mm-hmm. he's violent, man. He's he's a violent football player. Um, I, I understand, you know, the possibility of him maybe playing center um, or, or, or guard. But, you know, him on defense, man, he, you know, 
his, his get off, his physicality, you know, you know, he's got long ass arms, you know, he's a very intriguing prospect. So getting him on campus would be a massive W either side of the ball. You know, he's going to be, you know, I think successful for FSU, you know, if in fact he is able to make it here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll see what position he ends up at, but you know he'll be starting on that offensive line. And if he does, you good over there? If he does make it to campus on that June twentieth date that that he's teased on uh, social media, that will mean that Florida State's got the entirety of its twenty twenty two class making it to campus. It'll also mean that they've got six true freshman offensive linemen coming in, four that are arriving this summer. You know, we talked about the other three a couple minutes ago, and that's just huge for Alex Atkins and the Florida State offense and continuing to flip that offensive line room. You know, we talked about the addition of Dimitri Emanuel last week and how this unit is setting itself up for not just this fall, but also for the future with the depth that is starting to be built um, behind these guys. You know, they're still about, I think, a year away from having a consistently a consistent two deep, but still you're, you're seeing the signs of, of progress and it's a far cry from where this unit was back in 2018 and 2019. I'm excited he, for Woody. You made a good point, though, too, Dustin, you know, before we came on about, you know, it, it just come to, comes to fruition. It kind of makes sense, too, with, you know, the kid that just committed to Missouri. Mm, the Juco. Yep. You know, um, you know, I, I think things are winding up to go in FSU's favor here. So, me, me and you definitely like the way, the tenacity that this young kid plays with. I mean, this is a guy that will play all the way through probably two or three whistles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just that kind of meanness. And you do see a vibe from Timmy Jernigan. Depends on where Coach Atkins and Odell Hagens, they can fight one another for where they put him on the side of the ball. But if everything continues to go this way, you know, this is something he put out on his own Instagram. We're not going off of rumors here. He put this out on his Mm. Instagram and then the countdown to his enrollment date, which is expected to be June 20th. That's a really good pickup in Florida state's favor. That Mm -hmm. is much needed. The biggest goal this whole entire off season was getting him onto campus and for him to get on campus and enroll him and get into, get into the groove of things and get into some workouts, take time for Florida state on whatever side Odell, you want them and you have them or uh, Coach Atkins? I, I know Florida State's happy with that, what they got with, um, you know, Bishop Thomas and, you know, Daniel Lyons. But, you know, I, I, I think that caliber. Yeah, this is a, a step up. And that's not a knock on these two guys because, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be heavy rotational possible starters down the line. But this is a, a different kind of animal. This is this is just feel, I just feel like there might be more of a need on the offensive line because you look at that interior defensive line and I mean the depth there is insane and mm-hmm. even after this year if you are to lose uh, Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper you still got Malcolm Ray and, and Jared Jackson and Joshua Farmer right there so it feels like that unit is set up for the future whereas offensive line you might be able to make a, a quicker impact plus they they just need quality mm-hmm. bodies at this point. Mm-hmm. But even if you do um, get Woody into the fold and, you know, we've we've got the rising optimism that Dustin Hill will finally make an appearance, that still only puts Florida State at 82 of 85 scholarships, if I'm looking at it correctly. So mm-hmm. you've still got some flexibility to fill out the roster prior to the fall. And there's a couple JUCO guys set to take official visits throughout June. Um, a couple DBs, now the offensive line 
the offensive lineman is off the board. So we'll see how Florida State attacks that. And like yeah. I mentioned earlier, I still think there's a possibility that C.J. Campbell gets elevated to a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something to keep an eye on now that D.J. Williams ends up leaving and entering the transfer portal. So he opens up a number one jersey, too, if Benson wants to, if he wants to go that route. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Like you said, things are going to start picking up now. This is this is nice. We have things to actually talk about. Um, it does help. be a, a lot of recruiting stuff in June. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to heat up. Thank God. I, I'll tell you what, May kind of sucks, man. May kind of sucks. So I'm starting this weekend. Yeah, big weekend yeah. ahead. Do you want to touch on that just real quickly? On yeah, real quick. What state's got going on? So we've got the elite camp on Saturday, and and that's pretty much an invite only thing where. Florida State is going to be bringing in the majority of its commits in the, the 23 and 24 class, and they're also going to have some some top prospects um, for those classes as well as 2025 making it as well. So basically it'll, it'll be kind of like a, a workout-type deal in Doak um, with those players in attendance. And then the following day they're set to host the mega camp where I believe 20-plus college programs are going to be in attendance and you know thousands of kids over on the alumni field. That's going to be – Throughout the, I, I think from sun up to sundown, basically they're going to be having sessions throughout the day, and that'll give Florida State a chance to not only evaluate some players. You know, not everyone there is going to be um, an, an FSU caliber prospect, but with so many colleges in attendance, that's kind of to to be expected. I think you've got, I think you've got programs from the FBS all the way to D three, if I'm not mistaken, but. So Florida State will get to evaluate some prospects and then also get to continue developing coaching relationships, which, you know, with the way Mike Norvell likes to promote guys from off the field and to assistant roles that could that could play out for Florida State in the future. Sometimes it's always good to have those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might might have to go hang out there with you, Dustin, this weekend. I'm bringing the suntan lotion, man. I was about to say, make sure we get that sunscreen um, for the weekend because it's going to be a busy you'll be there too, right? <laughs> No, no oh, shot. My bad. Oh, uh, you, you just got work or something, just can't make it or something? Yeah, you know, I'm only nine hours away, you know. Oh, so if you were here, you would definitely go, though? No, no. I'm just going to use that as my primary reason, so people are like, ah, whatever. Oh, okay, I got you then. I got you. Okay, understandable. Uh, speaking of VZ, and now that he's back from his nap, the well, biggest listen, I've, been, I've been digging. I've been oh. doing some research. That's it. Uh-oh, we're doing some research um, over here. It's been a busy 24 hours for Florida State basketball, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, I guess the I guess we'll just start off right, right off with it. John Butler's staying in the NBA draft. You know, the deadline was last night at midnight. Um, decided to stay in the NBA draft, which I'm sure caught the average college basketball fan by surprise. But if you've been following Butler and, and his combine and things like that, it's really not that much of a surprise. It kind of seemed like he was leaning that way the entire time. Um, big blow for Florida State. Maybe not the greatest decision, in, in at least in my eyes, for Butler. Um, but, you know, all it takes is one team to say, hey, we're going to take you, you know, dare pick whatever. Um, that's all it takes. One team. Um, we'll see what happens. The draft's in, I think, a month. So, we'll see what happens. So, um, I, I do want to say first, I, I did have the worst NBA draft take of all time last year when I predicted Scotty Barnes to – be a bust and then he ended up winning rookie of the year but i do <laughs> i do want to say that john butler will not be drafted that's my prediction so he's definitely going to be rookie of the year now yeah well he's definitely going to get drafted now for sure absolutely 
It's tough. I mean, yeah, I, I don't follow it like you. Sorry, Austin. Okay. But I, I question the move, you know. He had an okay freshman year in flash and potential, but it just seems like it, it's a year too early. I mean, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's so funny going back and watching, you know, the last like two weeks or so, two or three weeks or so of games over the season. And, and you know, Corey Alexander is going, man, you give this guy two, three years in Tallahassee, he's going to be an all-ACC type of player. Well, we got one season. Um, It's interesting. You know, I think he – there's a chance he gets drafted. I know he met with the Spurs. I know he's met with the Grizzlies. Um, I saw he was here in Charlotte, in, you know, earlier this week. I don't know if that was just connecting flight or whatever. Um, who knows? Uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a team that a lot of – or it's a player a lot of teams think they can develop, you know, that kind of skill set. It's seven foot one, super mobile, super athletic. I don't say super athletic, but super mobile, quick feet, can go, you know, all over the court, guard 94 feet. I mean, that's that's something teams want. Um, especially a guy that can shoot the three at 40%. You know, it's, it's what the NBA is becoming these days. But, you know, it's going to take him a few years to fully realize that potential. And it really, it's just going to depend on the team he goes to. Because um, a lot of teams aren't going to have the patience to develop this guy for three years. Definitely going to be, I think he goes undrafted, but he gets a, a two-way deal in place shortly after the draft. And like you said, it's just going to take, at least two years because he just has to build up his frame and it, it takes a while to build good weight. And I think getting into an NBA strength and conditioning program is only going to help him as they tailor his diet, tailor his diet more. But regardless, you know, there, there's a lot of potential, but you never know if that potential is going to be fully tapped. It's, it's a high risk for him. Really, really high risk. You know, there's no guarantees. Most, most, even second round draft picks only get two year deals. You know, every so often you'll get the Terrence Mann who got four years guaranteed and Jalen Brunson, I think, got three years guaranteed. Um, it's very rare that, that those second round picks get that. You have to A get drafted and you have to really show out the in the summer league. And, you know, can Butler do that? Maybe he had a he had a good second scrimmage game uh, at the combine, but we'll see. It, it's certainly a decision. Whether it's the right one, we'll find out in a couple of <laughs> years. Um I don't know. I, 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 I think a lot of people question it, but at the same time, you know, go get your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. NBA is not my world. Definitely the draft is not my world, but definitely seems a little tad too, too early. And for the fact that it hurts Florida state next season, which is already kind of in a, in a tough, potentially. So, uh, oh, Oh, potentially. Austin, we'll get to that in a second. Austin, if you heard this, a year ago, <laughs> Hold on, let my dog work. Um, that out of Matthew Cleveland, Jalen Worley, and John Butler, you know, John Butler is the one that goes pro after one year. Would you believe it? No. I mean, because if you go back and look at my preseason articles, you, you would see me, like, I hardly had John Butler playing this season. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was going to redshirt while they got his frame right. Um, and then, you know, maybe – Maybe he played towards the end of the season, and then this summer he would really develop and become that guy next year that te- that teams really fear playing. But due to injury, he was pretty much forced to play right away because um, he had a lot of big guys get hurt with Malik, um, Naheem. You know, he's having to play a lot sooner right away. Um, and team realized, you know, this is a guy that's that can switch one through five, can shoot the ball pretty well, played through an ankle injury in ACC play. And, you know, the fact he played as much as he did this season surprised me. And the fact that he's – Entering the draft is wild compared to where we were a year ago. And, and 
you know, have you, you know, come to the realization yet that football is pushing no. back? And no, that basketball has when go go get, ahead get above, get above 500 then we can talk about football being back i don't want to become mm-hmm. miami all right i want to ask oh, you man. i want to ask you a yeah easy's coming out with the man, message right now Beasy you have to have some words after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> wow. i don't know if you're gonna get those shoes nate i don't know <laughs> if you're gonna get that discount anymore okay i want to ask a serious question for you austin um is nil hurting florida state because you look at butler He's not going to get drafted in the first round. You know, if he does get drafted in the second round, like you noted, it's only going to be a two-year deal. If he gets a two-way deal, it's only going to be, um, I believe, a, a couple hundred thousand a year, depending on how much he's able to contribute at the NBA level. So is this transition to NIL hurting Florida State in the event that, you know, if they did have a, a solid NIL program in place, maybe they could have put out and offered a butler to keep him around for at least one more year? I mean, it's – hurting football too if you think about it you know for sure there's a there's a lot of sports at fsu that's just they're so behind on nil right now that you know it's kind of struggling to keep up i know he's just cameron fletcher just signed with some nil company a couple days ago um and you're seeing some of the like i know polite and even even john had deals with local food companies but it's like when those are the type of nil deals you're getting when julian phillips is getting no, right. Two million from Tennessee. It's like it's it's nickels and dimes. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it, that's tough to compete with. Um. So I mean, potentially, you know, I I hate to say kids all about the money at nineteen years old or whatever he is, but you know, this, it, it's, this is, it's only a thought. This is a kind of serious, kind of not serious follow up to that. But what's the difference between nil and what these kids make in the AAU circuit? You know, some of these kids, you know, are they making more money? You know, from an Adidas camp versus, no. you know, an, an they, don't, they, don't get they don't get money from AAU. Oh, I mean, obviously they get gear and stuff. They'll, they'll get. Shoes no, well, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, you, I know what you you're know talking about. Under the table stuff. I know what you're saying, yeah. but I don't know. I it's mean, hard to. It's always, different for everybody. It's always, yeah. always been a little bit different than football. You know, football. You know, they kind of hide and cheating, but basketball. You know, they just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I agree. There's a there's the top prospects in basketball that there's probably some under the table stuff happening. But you mm-hmm. look at John Butler coming out of high school. You know, I, I don't was he a top 100 guy? Austin? Yeah, he was 80. I can look real quick. I think he was like 83rd. So I mean, he was decently regarded, but I don't know if he was regarded enough to be getting paid under the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was 71st on 24/7. I think he was actually ahead of um, Worley for a little while. Um, you know, yeah, it's. Like Dustin's saying, for, for basketball with the under-the-table stuff now, I mean, there's not much under-the-table stuff now. Like, there's no Rick Pitino walking with a duffel bag everywhere mm-hmm. anymore because um, there's just so many ways to hide it with, with NIL. Um, so, I mean, potentially, but it, it's it's whatever. I, I think a guy like this, I think it's just one of those cases where teams have seen in the past that Florida State can really develop NBA players in, in these last few years. They, they see a guy that has – really high potential. I mean, we'd, I've been saying from the very beginning um, of the season, if you follow me, that I've been hearing from a lot of NBA teams that Butler has the highest NBA potential. I don't think any of us think thought it would be after one season, but it's something we had heard over the course of the season that NBA scouts really like the potential of this guy. And, you know, maybe there's a couple of teams out there saying, hey, if we can convince him to come out into the draft this year, we can, you know, use a late second round pick on him instead of, you know, a first round pick next year. Let's see if we can do that. You know, maybe that's what's happened. 
God dang it, I'll have my friggin' mic on. Oh my god, that was embarrassing. That video was hilarious because he's like, <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm triggered. I was saying good stuff. So what what does this do? You know, we've got Mendoza asking about Baba Miller. Hopefully, I did not just say his name wrong, but uh Baba Miller, um, I believe is working out Florida State, if I'm correct. So he's Baba Miller's, you know, this is this is a name that's just started popping up for a lot of college basketball fans. The guy that's played for the Real Madrid junior team, um, which is, you know, that's one of the basketball mm-hmm. powerhouses in Europe. Um, for comparison, that's where Luka Doncic got his rising was in the Real Madrid program. He visited Florida State last weekend, and then he just visited his Gonzaga visit this morning um, and is expected to decide between the two schools, you know, by the end of this weekend. Um yeah. The big thing is Gonzaga just ran out of scholarships. They got Drew Timmy back, who tested NBA Waters. They got Julian Strahler back, who was testing NBA Waters. And then they just got a commitment from Malachi Smith, one of the best transfers in the portal from Chattanooga, a guy that averaged, I think, like 20 a game last year with Chattanooga. Tested the NBA, decided to stay in college home year and transfer to Gonzaga. They're out of scholarships as we stand right now. Um, there's a rumor. that They, they have a guy named – I'm probably going to butcher this – Martinez Arlauskas. Um, a guy from Lithuania on roster right now who's barely played, and there's a rumor they may push him out to try and make room for Baba Miller. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it in time, you know, because Miller's supposed to decide in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've heard really good things about his Florida State visit. You know, someone texted me a couple of hours ago saying Florida State stayed in contact with him ever since he got to Spokane, and even since he flew back to Spain today. Um, that there are people around the camp that feel he's leaning towards Florida State as we stand right now. Um, and if that happens, that's huge. Cause that's a guy that's slides right in that John Butler role. They're kind of similar players as these long lanky forwards. Obviously Butler's a little bit taller, a little bit lankier. Um, Miller's a little bit more polished, still raw, but a little bit more smooth as an athlete, definitely more athletic, um, more consistent with the ball on the floor. And, and as we're seeing with basketball in general, right now these European prospects just have so much hype. Um, the NBA is being dominated by it. The three best players in the league are all Europeans and Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. And I think a lot of colleges are starting to see, hey, if we could start snagging a couple of these European guys that already have great fundamentals, bring them into our college culture, we might be able to really get the best out of this prospect. And I, I think that's what Florida State's trying to do here. That's where Gonzaga's made their living. I mean, you go back to, to Rui Hachimura for, from Japan. They would snag him and develop him to a great player. They're, they've been doing this consistently. I, I, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I think Miller is, it would be a better prospect than John Butler. I think, I think he'd, he'd be, be a, a better player. Better player right away, for sure. Um, Butler's got the higher ceiling, at least I think, um, just because he's already got the shot touchdown. Miller's still developing his shot. Um, it, it bring, just me bringing up the nerdy side of myself, the ball's too low when he starts a shot. You know, if he can start his shot a little bit higher, get a little bit quicker, you know, that's going to help his game a lot. Um, but great defensive versatility at, at six foot ten. You know, he's going to be able to guard one through five, just like Butler did. Um, you know, if he indeed decides to come to Florida State, that's a, that's a big addition for next year's team. He may not have the experience in college basketball, and some even say, well, if he's already with Real Madrid, why would he go to college basketball? That's something I don't know the answer to because you know he <laughs> got, he got bumped up to the main. Real Madrid team for a game this past season because they liked his progression, the way he was moving. But he only he only played one game, 
But still, you don't see EuroLeague prospects. That's the second best league in the world. Go from EuroLeague to you know the ACC. You just don't see that. Um, I, I know nothing about him. You know, is he a wing six ten player? Or is he he's a you wing, know, big yeah. guy, a big no, guy no. that can you know get out and shoot? No, he's a wing. He, he's definitely small forward, power forward type um, guy that puts the ball on the floor a lot. Can can run the ball in transition. Um, there, he doesn't really have any low post stuff from you know what you can find online. Um, but no, he's strictly a perimeter player. Very crafty with the ball though. He is there there was one um there was one tape I saw on Twitter today where he you know he has that that Dr. J, you know, jumps from one side of the basket, reaches under the basket, and finishes on the other side. You know, he's he's a really smooth athlete for someone that's 18 years old. Wow, 18. Damn. So so what's the difference between this international prospect and the last international prospect the Florida State brought in from France that's now at Arkansas State. Uh, people actually know who Baba Miller is. That's the big difference. <laughs> um, and he's been, you know, he's been in the Real Madrid circuit for I think two years now. Uh, this guy that's got real potential. Um, so if he's been paid by, you know, over there in Europe by Real Madrid, can he still play in college? I, I've already asked a, a couple people that. Um, I've, I've asked people at FSU and a couple agents that shouldn't be any eligibility issues. Um, okay. From what I'm being told, and he he'll be eligible for the 2022 season. Um, at least doesn't matter. Anything can change because it's the NCAA, and who knows what they're going to do. But should be eligible, which would be huge. I'm just Gigantic. spitballing, but but sounds like a guy that's maybe trying to go one and done, coming over from Real Madrid to the NCAA, and maybe seeing that he could potentially get in early at Florida State and prove himself. Cer- certainly a chance, um, especially a team like Florida State where everybody plays. Um, and he's already used to playing, you know, this last season with Real Madrid, he played about 19 minutes per game, only started a couple games. So he's already used to sharing the ball and sharing the court with a lot of other people. Bring him that FSU culture, kind of bring him up a little bit. I think that's huge. Um, he didn't have the greatest showing. I, th- I think this is the one thing that people really question. He had a really bad showing at the Adidas Next Generation Tournament um, in Belgrade a couple weeks ago. Like he was really bad. Um only like only four points per game, really bad body language, according to a couple of scouts. Um, so maybe his mind was, you know, already let's, let's get to college basketball. But, you know, that's one thing people are worrying about, but, you know, Brigham college, see what happens. I, I think it's a genius move from Leonard Hamilton and, and coach Jones and whoever else is dealing with that recruitment. Be a major pickup for a much needed team. That's looking to try to bounce back after a pretty disappointing season last year that we all forgot about. I don't even remember that even happened, but definitely much needed in the rim. Anything else basketball rated? I remember, I remember Logan because it's the uh, <laughs> next step to the uh, return to, to dominance for the sport that matters. We, we, we still got more basketball. We, we got another t- European to talk about with J-Ron. Matas Uzelis, Uzelis, uh 2023 five-star. I probably butchered that name. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, wow. 2023 five-star. Uh, FSU just made his top five this morning. Um, they announced it today. It's us. Or it's Florida State, Wake Forest, Carolina, Kentucky, and the G League. Really talented guy. Another another long, lanky forward that can put the ball on the floor and, and shoot. Um, mm. you know, Florida State's always gone after international guys, but now they're going after guys that have a name behind them. Mm-hmm. Proven players, kind of more. Whereas we're not developed, not spending so much develop 
mental wise on them. At least I feel like whenever they went international, they'd go after these big yeah. time centers that would take about yeah, two that's, seasons. That's what I was about saying. No more Boris Bojanovskis and and guys like that where it takes time for them to grow into their frame. You know, they're getting guys that already have the hype and and talent behind them, and I, th- I think that's big. They're, they're mm-hmm. just they're they're growing from what they've already learned in in the last you know decade decade and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's a you said how what is he rated? This guy, he I know he's a five star. Um, wow. Let me see if I can get his. I think he's top ten, but let me. Damn. Let me get his actual. Yeah, Florida State needs. I don't know. I don't know. It felt a little off last year. I mean, to be honest, Florida State's gotten it's gotten its fair share of of four and and five stars in recent history. So he's he's a seventh ranked prospect on twenty four seven. Okay, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. pretty good. That, that would be, I think, the second highest player. And he might be better in basketball than me. So <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> well, I am easy too. After some of these videos he's posted on Twitter, sometimes and it's not too hard. To, I'm retired uh, now. The hip oh is yeah, shot, man. Yeah, I'm retired. The hip is the hip is done. It's not even the hip now. It's the knees, man. <laughs> the well, that, that's something we'll talk outside of the show on there's something oh. concerning this, this is a, this there is a, this is a true story your knees are hurting and now you're on your knee you're on okay, your knee no, no. oh you're, oh, you're no. just knee problems no. okay this is a true story another store in the mall the other day offered us to or offered to play a basketball game like our store versus their oh. store and they said a thousand dollars per person i'm like i can't <laughs> good god thousand dollars per person Jesus. try to do that i can't what are we doing here? Man, I would need to. I would need to train for a couple weeks before I <laughs> put money down like that to play basketball. I, w- I wanted to so bad, and I'm like, man, I can't. <laughs> oh man, he's a shot. Damn it! It's all right though. It was an easy one. Well, too. last thing I got before we head out of here is I know um, a 2023 wide receiver, Jerian Wallace, posted on Twitter that he has committed to Florida State. And at least from my end so far, I haven't been able to verify that that commitment has been accepted. So, you know, just we're we're doing some digging on that front and we'll see how it plays out. But he was a guy that was recently offered on May 28 following an, an unofficial visit to Florida State. And I just don't believe at this time that they're ready to accept his commitment with um, the wide receivers that they're in the running for. But we'll see how it plays out. I believe there's, that tweet is. Yeah. yeah. I think he he deleted it. He deleted it? I think it's back. I think it's still on there, though. I think I saw someone. I I see it right now. So, yeah, Yeah, it's still on there. Um, It it, it would be bad bad news if they take him right now. I think Justin in in agreement there. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen it recently with, um, you know, there's been some guys that have tweeted out that they've been offered by Forest State where – they hadn't actually been offered like that one mm. linebacker grad transfer. So really in this day and age in social media, you know, yeah. anyone, anyone can say anything. So it, it's our job to go out and verify that before we go ahead and report that that's a valid commitment. So we're working on that front right now. Gotcha. Uh, we we going to make a finalist prediction. Warriors Celtics in six. in six and I'm getting out of here to go watch it. So <laughs> Warriors in boys. six. You boys enjoy yourselves. Yeah. I'm about to go, go, about to go, go throw my Warriors t-shirt. Go yeah, Warriors. Celtics yeah, by 11 tonight. 
So uh. I'll, I'll see you guys next week. Here's here's my actual reasoning. Before, well, like I know we're just BSing here. I don't think I'm Boston has good. I don't, okay. I don't think Boston has enough ball handling and playmaking. I don't think Golden State's defense is as good as the other defenses we face. I, I know the numbers point good. to it being so, but I, I just I, don't I think, think Marcus Smart's going to kill them, and, and the way he just kills that offense. And you know, meanwhile, we saw, we saw it in Game Seven against Miami where he just he decides he he just has yeah. his moments where he goes. He had wide open player. shots. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I think it was. Well, I think it was like it was either the end of second quarter or beginning of third quarter. Where he just decides I'm the best player on the court. I'm gonna take mm. every shot if I'm open or not. And they were not open. <laughs> He's shooting it anyways. And I'm like, well, meanwhile, have a bad at the end, you know, shooting threes from half court. Well, hey, Celtics are the only team in the NBA <laughs> with a positive record against Golden State since uh, 2016. And you know, during those years, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum. Al Horford, Robert Williams. They've all been playing those Warriors, so they've matched up before. I think it's going to be a great series. Honestly. They haven't matched up in the playoffs? I mean, of course they haven't matched up in the playoffs yet, but Different they will story. tonight. And, uh, Different I'm, story. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a Boston dub. You know, I'm feeling pretty confident. Going L- listen, man, I, you know, I said that whoever won the Boston-Milwaukee series I thought was going to win, but, you know, I don't know, man. Marcus Smart was an idiot. And I think that cost him. Yeah, I'm glad one quarter, one quarter changed your mind. But. It's not he, one quarter. It's, he's always been they still like, won. Whenever, whenever barely, whenever barely. Marcus Smart shoots under ten shots, I forget what they the they won because freaking Jimmy Butler decided to do a fucking wide open three pointer. You know, did, did they win? Jab in the lane. Are they in the finals? Did they win? Hey, I'm telling you why they why they won. All right, Celtics and six. See how it feels to be a Steelers fan, and how I'm always getting just degraded on every week. You can't talk anymore. Being talking about one of the best quarterbacks ever. I got Lopez. Uh, I got Lopez pulling up. So, Uh, Lopes. Date night. We'll see see y'all next week. Date night with Lopes. You better have that hat on. Get the Whataburger. He's out. Yeah, he's he's definitely got the Whataburger. No, no, he's got to go see it. I'm surprised he stayed this long. I thought he was going to leave at 8:30. So. No, I think that practically wraps up everything. We'll have a lot to talk about next week um, because we got a big recruiting weekend. I'm going to be out there along with Dustin. I think Maddox will be there too. So, um, no, should uh, be. I'd like to be there. Yeah, if only. <laughs> if only. But uh, yeah. Collapsing roofs and, you know, a possible tropical storm. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. No, it sounds exciting to me, honestly. We love good tropical storms here in Tallahassee and Florida alone. So, But, yeah, that's going to wrap up everything, everybody. Enjoy the rest of y'all's week. We will talk to you guys next Thursday. Uh, we don't know really what time yet. We're still trying to line up some more guests. We are in the works of doing that. So looking forward to having a good off season for you guys of some content. Appreciate you guys. Always, you can follow on Instagram, Noel Game Day, Twitter, at the Noel Game Day. If you want to hit subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're listening right now, definitely appreciate it so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Everybody, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the start of the summer. Uh, yeah, talk to you guys next Thursday. Peace. Mama told me not to